Hello, welcome to the No Holds Barred Witchcraft podcast. Today we're talking about triple goddesses. So, Chris, who have we got to blame for all this neo-pagan claptrap about Maiden Mother Crone and all that stuff? Well, I suppose it's Robert Graves, first and foremost, and his bloody white goddess. And who second? Oh, Carl Jung. That twat. Okay. Who do we like more, though? Um, I suppose Carl Jung can be more useful. I think we agree on that. So... He has his moments. Our idea of the Maiden Mother Crown is uh, 20th century and is uh, adopted by a lot of these... uh, Neo pagans. Is it the feminazis? (laughs) (laughs) Is it all this Wiccan Wiccan Dianic magic, Wiccan Dianic neo paganism, where you've got, I know, we're being oppressed by the Yahweh, so let's replace the Yahweh with a goddess, but wait a minute, our goddess is actually three goddesses. So she's three times as good. <laughs> so you can screw your Jesus, and you can screw your father, definitely, and you can screw your Holy Spirit, because we got three goddesses. And what three <laughs> goddesses are they normally? I know Akate is a very popular one. Diana's another popular one. What's the third most popular one, though? The one that gets relegated to the kind of face at the back? You know, that no one really interacts with. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know who you mean. Oh, I thought it was Persephone, you see. I thought Persephone was the one that she's technically, they all say she's triple goddess, blah, blah, blah. But but she's the one that no one really bothers to talk about because it's all about Akate and Diana. Yeah, I'm not quite sure why they make Persephone a a triple goddess, to be fair. It's because it's one of the only names they've heard of. I suppose, I suppose, there is that. Um, yeah, I suppose I I don't I don't quite understand the Persephone thing. Um, I suppose you've got the. Well, I suppose they like her for the the symbolism of the wheel of the year, I guess. And Mommy Demeter and disappearing and the kind of Earth cycle, agricultural stuff. I suppose is where that comes from. But anyway, you wanted me to bitch about um, Hakate more than anything, I imagine. No, no, I wanted you to bitch about Maiden, Mother and Crone and how a useful an archetype it is. Because I think for, for women, that can be a useful archetype. Because you kind of got the idea of your... Uh, you're maiden, you're going through all your puberty, you're a lovely young woman, going out on the town and that, and then obviously some magic happens and you become a mother, and then the whole mother in archetype and all that, and then eventually you're past it, and <laughs> you basically use a crown all of a sudden. All of a sudden, some other piece of magic happens, and now you're a crone, right? So, <laughs> I understand this, 
Wow. I understand it. And there is a similar thing. Wow. Which I think we can go into, which happens to the guys as well. The kind of triple, um, I don't know, God, triple thing. You don't hear that talked about yeah. that much, but archetypes that people can kind of see, oh yes, I'm definitely in this phase of my life now. So I can understand that from the perspective of mirroring, because we know these neo-pagans love to mirror the cycles. It's all about the cycles with neo-pagans. I remember a time where there was no cycles, but there we go. <laughs> cycles, you know, whether it's the seasons are changing or the seasons of your life changing and all that sort of thing. It makes sense, but when it comes to it being the only form of a triple goddess that you hear about, that's what I don't like. I don't like when you say triple goddess and they say maiden mother crone. And then you say, no, not that one, one of the others. And they're like, what? What do you mean? What do you mean? Yeah. So what I'd like to do is to dedicate this show to the others. And we're going to ignore this uh, mother maiden, whatever the fuck it is. And we're going to dedicate it to the others. We're also going to dedicate an, a, a, an entire episode to um, sort of the male mysteries as well. So we'll okay. do a, a show, how's about this? We'll do a show on triple goddesses that aren't the ones you're used to, the neo-pagan ones today. We'll do a show all dedicated to male mysteries and magic. And a show dedicated to female mysteries and magic. And join the one with the female mysteries and magic... We won't make any references or anything like that to Mother, Maiden and Crone. We'll instead deal with some slightly more cool archetypes and stuff. So, how do you feel about that, Chris? Can we commit to that? Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. So, on the other triple goddesses then, where should we start on our little rambling? Well, there's a few... Well, I kind of still want to hit Hakate first, but the main reason for that is is Did she push you uh, well a little bit. But the also because obviously talking about it, that's not a maiden mother, mother crone part, which is the fact that actually yes, she is a triple goddess, but it's a triple aspect goddess in the same way that you would deal with say Santa Muerte, um, who no so no one, one ever goddess, deals but lots of different moods. Yeah. And you've got to so, catch her in the right mood. you got to catch her <laughs> in the right mood. What I quite like about when you when we'll talk about um, the uh, the Dark Mother a little bit more in a minute is more a case of um, hitting a carte first. So with that, it was there was no Maiden Mother Crone part. There were three maidens. And the idea was, was more about her as a crossroads goddess. Yeah. That she was a changing periods and i've just realized what i just said there but you know the as in kind of um directional it was about transition about movement from one aspect transmutation into another so you know she was oh you know part in parcel as a, a light bringer but also the one that would take the light away also and then you had a transitional goddess in the middle and that's how how she would kind of rotate through in these kind of uh, give, take and transmute. We're Is all wound she's, up. She's becoming wound up a, in it. A, 
a goddess, a patron goddess of transgender people then, do you think? Possibly. Possibly. Okay. Because, yeah, primarily she's a, what I would call the original Crossroads demon. You know, she's the person <laughs> that you would, you make all sorts of deals with. Um, you know, in, in some way she kind of is the archetype that becomes Lilith. She is that kind of primeval um, goddess that was there to transmute change. So, yeah, I can kind of understand that. Maybe that is why. I couldn't tell you what the actual um, real reason is, because I didn't realise we'd be talking about that. But actually, I might have to come back to that at some point. That is an interesting goddess, goddesses practice and, you know, trans. Maybe that'd be an interesting one to do in the future. So, if we're sticking with a carte, because okay. I say a carte, a lot of people say he carte with the H. But I've heard that the proper Greek way of saying it is Ekate. And also in Bristol, we don't pronounce the H's. So it's always <laughs> Ari instead of Harry. Ekate instead of Hecate. You know, so uh, what about the origins of Ekate then? Was she always a triple goddess? Where did she come about? Are you putting her as growing up in this universe? Or does she predate this universe, Chris? <laughs> oh, is that are we? Is that sharing too much before we get to the Patreon part? Might Would you be. want to leave that for the Patreon part? We could do, but yeah, I I suppose it's a tricky one. The as a triple goddess, we probably best know her as the as the Greek goddess. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. There is there. It depends on which Hecate you're dealing with. There are a many. Well, I don't want to deal with the social media meme Hakate because she's quite annoying. She pops up in yeah. my news feed. The oh, goddess okay. loves you. Or oh, it's okay. the full moon prey to Hakate, you know? Uh, I don't want to deal with yeah. that version. That's the that's the triple moon Hakate. <laughs> yeah, triple moon Hakate. I don't like that, my I don't like that Hakate. Um <laughs> But yeah, you've got the Greek Akate, and then you obviously you've got the Akate that would be from that other group you like so much, the Mesopotamians. Oh, God. Do we have to deal where, with them? Where she's linked with Asate. But, you know, um, yeah, let's probably not go there during the normal part of the, um, the, normal part of the episode. Um, but yeah, it's, it's more about threefoldness. The uh, pre-fold law, Chris. No, I is don't mean that. Is she the person that wrote that? I thought it was some Wiccan in the 20th century that came up <laughs> with that old chest, but I didn't realise it was a cut, <laughs> No, no, you're twisting my words again. Threefoldness, that kind of, um, yeah, kind of power of three shit. Not kind, in more in a no, charmed. charmed, charmed kind of way, rather than a... Um, <laughs> rather than a, a Wiccan way. But what I meant was more a case of it's a sisterhood part between the three aspects. So you'd also, you could quite easily link Hecate with the other kind of triple goddesses you're used to knowing as three separate lesser goddesses, I guess, like the Moray, the Fates, or the Norns, those kind, or the Nern, 
however however you you deal with so them. So the idea, like in Shakespeare in Macbeth, you have the three witches, but only one of them really does all the talking. Like in Twilight, you've got um, Ara and um, <laughs> the Volturi, and there's three of them, but one of them's really in charge. One of them does all the talking, isn't it? Yeah. Right, okay. So what are the others there for? The other ones? Oh, you've got... Well, there are several groups. If you just deal with the Greek ones, then you've got the Graces, or the Charities. Um, You've also got the Hore, uh, which was the seasonal goddesses. They're all about change. They're all about movement and change. Um, But then you've also got ones with the... Oh, there's there's that triple goddess arrangement with... With Carly, um, I can never remember the the three though. So okay. it's it's very much an Eastern concept that made its way this way, and then got watered down each time it got a little bit further to the east, uh, to the west rather. So why, if we're talking at one goddess presenting themselves in different ways? Why is that? Because I get with the Santa Muerte, it's a case of, wow, this one can do some real bad stuff, so I need to make sure when I'm calling it, I'm calling it on the good mood one, not the bad mood one. (laughs) But some of the others, I kind of think, well, it's the idea of, I'm a human and I don't really understand this. Like uh, television over in America, I've noticed. The television over in America... If you're an actor, you're not allowed to be a singer, you know? Whereas in other parts of the world, if you're famous, you're famous for lots of different things very often. Whereas in America, I notice they don't like it if you specialise. Sorry, they like you to specialise. So it's kind of the idea of the triple threat. I can sing and I can dance and I can act. And they feel like... Well, this is real important, okay. so maybe I need to make myself a triple god or a triple goddess to show that I can do these things. Is that something like it? Is it the fact that people struggle to identify with, well, I'm used to just going to one thing, one one person or one god or goddess for one thing, so I can't compute that this god-goddess can do lots of different things. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Um, I think also it's a case of when you've got, I suppose from our point of view, um, as in this point in time, linearly, that you're kind of looking at the fact that they've developed where these sorts of goddesses are ones that um, become all, all encompassing because they were shared by multiple tribes. And when tribes then came together... They amalgamated the same version, their versions of the goddess or god, um, in order to give her aspects. So it's almost like it it preserves the different versions of that goddess that were there. I'm wondering if it, a lot of it comes down to that, you know, when a goddess splits herself um, in order to serve the group separately. Um, I think some parts of it is okay. that. So we normally... So, I was going to say, a good example of that is the Morrigan. Right, okay, yeah, well, we definitely got to go into that then, now you said that name. (laughs) I was just going to say, it's the opposite to how I view it, 
from a linear time perspective because I always see it as oh humans uh, contact something and then that's too complicated so now we split them out and out and out like the old eye from uh, Egypt like this is far too much for me to cope with I'm gonna have to split this fucker down <laughs> Because <laughs> <laughs> that ain't really Is that a triple goddess thing? How many goddesses are in that eye? No, but that's that's I know it not, varies that's century back, to century That's back to a sisterhood Don't don't be messy with my history Bitch um, well, I don't know if you, if, you, if you look It's kind of uh, Pushing further and further There becomes more and more of them As time comes on and I do yes. think that it's not so much that they're multiplying. I think it's more like we're struggling here. We need to reforge this because it's getting too big. It's getting too big. We need to split <laughs> this up. I, I do agree with what you're saying, but not for the example you just gave. I think that's okay. a really bad example. I'm struggling um, to yes. put things into words that people might follow along with, but I might just okay. leave that because I'm not sure how many people are really going to follow along with this anyway. No, but I kind of, I kind of get what you're trying to say. What you're trying to say is that when a con, when a concept like God becomes too complicated, um, that they will focus on on the um, on what that deity can do. Yeah. So, for example, a great a great example of that is probably Aphrodite. Oh, I knew that name was going to come up some point today. But that was only just to prove a point with the with what you're talking about, which yeah. is kind of where there are different aspects of Aphrodite that then break away in order for them to focus their idea of who she is. Um, and therefore it has to be broken down because they can't cope with all the variations of her, uh, like all the all the different aspects to, but that's down to a factor of, like you say, linearly, where um, you've had a goddess for such a long period of time. So when you're talking about a goddess has been around for so long that she's had all these extra attributes added to her to the point that they then have to break her down in order for everybody to really take her in. So I can I can I can get I think that's probably a better way to explain what you're talking about than to use the eye the eyes of Ra. Um, anyway, I'm going to just keep talking to myself because Liam seems to have disappeared, but. Um, but yeah, so whereas what is the opposite to that from what I was talking about linearly with with the with, with the Morrigan is more a case of individual tribes having a particular understanding of what that deity can do. And therefore, when you later look back and those tribes become a country, they then have to make decisions about who that deity is. And the best way to kind of explain that is to make them a multiple, multiple faceted goddess rather than say this, this is the right version. Instead, they say all the versions exist and therefore 
um, they become this multi-aspect multi goddess. Why do they Rather normally settle with three then? An individual. Because with Santa Marte, they've done that. Santa Marte is still quite new. Um, and they've yeah. got lots of different colour associations for, for different things. But they still keep the kind of primary three. Why do you yeah. think the three, the, the, the number three is so important with all of this? Well, trinities and triads are, a, are always a key part, aren't they? But that's down to our understanding of manifestation and creation. Um, the triangle of manifestation. We do far more with the triangle than we've ever done with the circle. Don't tell the witches that. Which is why, which why is why a circle makes no sense, really. Um, well, aura. Although technically, if you really look at that, it's a little bit more oval shaped. Yeah. <laughs> but but never mind. We better leave that one alone. Or de depending where it comes from, more like a droplet. <laughs> that kind of. You know, uh, depending on what's happening to where it's coming from, I guess. Mine, mine kind of comes a bit more trapezoid, trapezial. There was me thinking yours was lovely egg-shaped. Love egg-shaped. <laughs> In new age, love eggs, you know? Uh, love it. An egg love of it. light. <laughs> I love it. They always pick Vi eggs with because vibrating eggs energy. scrambled. <laughs> <laughs> and so are most of these new agers. <laughs> wow. Their anyway. magic's easily scrambled. Their brains are normally <laughs> scrambled. And, well, we won't even talk about them energetically and emotionally. Instead, let's move on to the Morai. The Morai. Okay, so you want to talk about the Fates. What's nice about what's nice about the Fates is they exist almost everywhere. Um, so you'll find that same kind of storyline is told in all sorts of you know all sorts of mythologies. Um, you know, obviously the Morai you get the Norns in the in the Norse pantheon, but there are. There are lots. There are lots of groups quite like that where they talk about um, fate and it being passed between these three, which I guess is is where the convoluted part, you know, concept of the um, the bit that we weren't going to talk about, made of the crone, kind of fits in. It's it's a linear time thing, um, or a a time cycle thing, where they kind of try and break that down. Uh, which makes sense because it's, you know, spinning. All of them are included with, um, you know, textile references into the creation of a a, a life and a chord as uh, that kind of um, concept being kind of dragged out there. Um, but I won't go making it all about textiles again. Um, but the... You get lots of groups like that where it's a group, it's a group of women creating together. Um, the weirder one is when you talk about the Valkyries, they do a similar thing um, with battle <laughs> where they've got um, men's heads as the weights holding down the threads. Um, and then they use spear heads as the shuttle oh, to, weave, like to weave with. But that's quite cool. Um, but that's for another time. I don't think that has anything really to do with triple goddesses. 
So how might a triple goddess present themselves? Because you've got the idea with the Mori, which is why I wanted to pick up on this, which you said about, well, you can see it mirrored in lots of cultures. Is it because these cultures start interacting with the cogs of the universe and they happen across this specific energy and it always presents itself to the human psychology in this way, in this triple aspect? Is that where it comes from? Or do you think it's a case of one culture get, comes up with something and then a new culture comes along that's a little bit more juvenile and then borrows stuff from the older culture? Or is it a bit of both? I think it's a bit of both, but that's because, again, I think I think triangles work for us. Something about how our brain kind of makes sense of things, like three, um, you know, three or more is kind of the best way of kind of splitting anything. You know, you've got that kind of, uh, what is it? Is it alliteration? The repetition of three, yeah. three words, um, things like that, that are they say you know if you want to learn how to do something do it three times on the third time it will have committed itself to memory so you've got that kind of i don't know three seems to work for a lot of play a lot of a lot of humanity i think regardless of how intelligent you are um so i think that kind of computing part of how we our brain chemistry must record things um, I think three makes sense to us. Three is normally balanced, but also yeah. you've got to normally remember, I think, when dealing with things, that you're actually the fourth. So the triangle that becomes the square, you're the one extra that turns the triangle into a square. So with the triangle of manifestation, it's kind of the idea that you've got the three pillars but that you're going to end up being the fourth pillar that makes it all happen. So, uh, you know, with a lot of these things, you can see it in a sacred geometry in that. But again, okay. this show's not really dedicated to sacred geometry, so I don't want to go off too much of a tangent. Um, see, I don't, I don't see things... That's interesting that you go there, because I don't see things in that way. So I, it, when I look at things from the three points... I, that fourth point is is not a square. To me, it then becomes a pyramid. It's that I'm thinking of it in terms of three-dimensional magic, so general mm. modern occultism. So I'm not talking about ancient occultism. You've got old brain problem. I'm from sorry. From the times of the pyramids, remember. And technically, it depends on the shape and size of the pyramid because if it got a square bottom. No, well, it will have a triangular bottom. This is a prism. Prism pyramid. This is a prism pyramid. And does so a what prism my... pyramid great make a great prison? <laughs> it can do, but the my point is the when I talk about it from a magical perspective, I I make that that for me that's three, and you make that the transition into the three dimensional. So I don't. I don't see it that way. But yes, that's because you're talking about modern ceremonial magicians. Wow, how were we almost at the end of half, the first half? Because we've been rambling about triple goddesses and that. So we've probably only got one oh. time for one more before the end of Go the on, basic edition. 
So what extra triple goddess do you want to talk about? Hmm. Have they made well, Bridget a triple goddess yet? Because she'll probably be the <laughs> next fucker to become one, you know. They love making and forging these triple goddesses these days. I think, I think in some places she is considered. But oh, for fuck's sake. I, I wouldn't deal with... I wouldn't allow anybody to deal with Bridget in that way. I think that starts to water some of the deities down. So that's not down to... I don't think that's a case of what we were talking about before, where they have to break them down into smaller chunks. I think that's actually, I can't cope with this, so let's water it down. Um, if there's three of them, then I can I can kind of cope with one at a time. Um, so, at the crossroads, a carte needs to be represented at each of those crossroads. So if you've got the crossroads... Yeah. Obviously, you're walking yeah. down one road and you meet three others. One coming from one direction, one coming from another direction, another coming from another direction. It makes sense, right? Yeah. With the perspective of Bridget, what you're talking about is it's one big unit. She's one big unit, our Bridget, and you either deal with her or you don't fucking deal with her. Because she's yeah. there and she's a coming for you. Yeah. I don't, I don't think Bridget would allow herself to be broken into pieces. Well, she does allow herself to be, um, well, I, as far as I'm aware, she doesn't eat her tulpas, unless the one in Glastonbury got a sample isn't juicy enough yet for her to come along and eat it. Maybe it will be eventually, but you know what these neo-pagans are like for making energy, <laughs> building energy. They're not very good at it. But there we go. We are out of time for the regular edition of the podcast. So goodbye, everyone. And hello to the Patreons. So, obviously, there was something that we were supposed to cover that I completely forgot about. That was uh, someone at home that follows along will be saying, you said you talk, was going to talk about this in the Patreon, and I've forgotten to hold you accountable, Chris, for why it is. Okay. It was something that we weren't supposed to share. I don't think it was about the Mesopotamians. I think it was something, was it something about Akate? Maybe. I said the word Morrigan and oh, you got Morrigan, stressy okay. about it. Right. But I was gonna I was gonna slip one more triple goddess in oh, before yes, we move do. on. So the, the last ones then I was we'll gonna mention four. which are <laughs> a little bit <laughs> <laughs> was the little scare which is the kind of slightly scarier version, which they don't look at, because I find the other ones are very observant. So, you know, the more it's an observance. Yeah. The charities or the horae, they're all observance. They're kind of cycles and they kind of fit with that rhythm of the world turning round, made a mother crone kind of, you know, you can see where the symmetry comes. What I then struggle with is is what we would call the Enrines or the Erinies or the, uh, you know, um, so they would be the Furies. Oh. So those... Those three are bad bitches. Like, you know, they would tear a bitch apart. And that's when you go to the opposite end, where it's it's a power in numbers thing, rather than a definition of time. These are just three bad bitches that are going to rip your head off. So they represent a legion almost, but you can't draw a legion down, because that just becomes an, a crowd, so you just draw three of them. <laughs> Is yeah. that what you're saying? 
<laughs> yeah, we're talking like the weeping angels from Doctor Who. They're just some are slightly closer to you than the other ones. You've got kind of one in the background, you've got one in the foreground, and then you've got one just about to pounce on you. Yeah, yeah, it's that kind of yeah, it's that group group of deities as as a group. That's three sisters. It's going back to the sisterhood part, but is is all about vengeance or uh, you know. You pissed off one of us, so now you get all three. So in terms of the Furies then, because I, I don't think this gets discussed all that much within magic and witchcraft. Can you give us a little bit of a flavour for them and what their energy is and kind of maybe place them? So we might then be able to talk about how you might interact with them and why you might do that. And maybe why you might avoid them as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay well if you were to if you were to go from Virgil so this is the kind of the Romanized version of the Greek idea so the kind of slate of a later version they start to become more about um kind of what we what then becomes kind of Dante's Inferno when it gets Christianized is that kind of these are three three women that re represent all kinds of, um, you know, kind of vengeance, uh, kind of oath-breaking, all that kind of part is there. And the three are normally described as this. So uh, I won't give I won't give their names because I can't remember them. But they are normally listed as um, endless anger, jealous rage, uh, and vengeful destruction. So those three are how you represent which of these three bitches you're going to get. You'll get all of them eventually, but depending on which one you've offended, you start with one or the other. So it's it's one of those things where you kind of like almost, <laughs> I know this is silly, but you kind of, it makes me think of the Christmas Carol, um, the three spirits yeah, that are visited that's by. that's what I was thinking. It, 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 it pretty much mirrors that doesn't it just the christmas carol yeah. is a lot nicer so where you've got these kind of you will be visited by these three spirits there is no choice you've triggered it now um <laughs> so therefore these things will happen or you um you know unless regardless of whether or not you change your mind or not you are getting all three regardless so i, I can't i think that's kind of where um they become a bit more scary in the fact that you'd n you're never going to just deal with one. So if you've been unfortunate enough to stumble across them, um, you're going to have a really shit time um, unless you're able to appease all three. Um, so, yeah, it's it's tricky. It's tricky. Um, and I'm trying to think who they were, who were that, who they were created by. Um, but. It, it's one of those well, they, that you they don't... were older generation weren't they so they would be pre um lower gods though so they'd be like equivalent of titans wouldn't they in some ways the yeah they're pre-universe they're prim primordial yeah um so yeah it's a concept that comes from the great abyss which i think is why i like them so much um so obviously the natural way to go now is to say or ask one 
if someone sets them on me, how do I appease them? <laughs> so what defences are there? And B, how do I set them on thine enemy? Do I take the three <laughs> of them and attach one to each of the three primary energetic centres of a person's soul? So Ooh. there's an excruciating pain in this life and the next? Or do I just make a fury oil and or fury powder like the hoodoo lot <laughs> kind of people do and just to scatter it somewhere? Um it's one of those things. They it's it's where it's where the concept of um care for what you wish for comes from. That kind of um you really need to have thought out exactly what you're asking for before you contact these. And they're the sorts they're the sorts of deities that once you've kind of released them, they're going no matter what. So there's no putting genie back in the bottle with these three. So and also you need to be prepared with the fact that this <laughs> they will destroy completely. There is no there's no kind of coming back um, from it. So appeasing them if you're on the receiving end is you can try. Um, there are methods, but you would need to be able to satisfy that energy. So I'm but trying to think the best the way to put it. Are you talking about? Are you talking practical magical methods, or are you talking mythology and lore? Um, I'm talking about practical methods. Okay. In order to, you would have to say, uh, you'd have to. Uh, satisfy each of those energies so how do you deal with endless anger you know well, you just teach meditation and yoga don't you <laughs> you're funny um so you would have to satisfy what that and en- what that enres actually wants what that fury is asking for so that is what she's been sent to do that is what she wants so either you need to offer a, a willing, you know, a not so willing sacrifice for that that person to feed on, uh, for that for that fury to feed on a a sacrificial lamb, or you need to be able to satisfy what's coming at you, which, like I said, in the first aspect is is endless anger. So you would need to satisfy her need for that. So if something's coming for you, it's much like being in the wild in the jungle. If the lion's coming for you, you've just got to outrun the person behind you so that Pretty much. <laughs> it pounces on them. Or you've got to present a, a more tasty, juicy snack so it stops, stops devouring you. But realistically, how does that work in this concept? Because we're talking about eternities and outside of the boundaries of time because the Furies could devour... <laughs> multiple people at the same time so how yeah. would that work and they can also absorb multiple lives at yes. the same time um, they can literally that fury of fire could burn down your fucking tree and the rest yeah. of the forest <laughs> pretty much pretty that's why we're alluding to working with them now <laughs> <laughs> they could be useful to you <laughs> Hi. So it's it's one of, it's one of those it, actually being able to access that energy stream is something very very interesting um, and allows you to have an understanding 
about humanity that's different. Um, so whereas, you know, I've kind of lost what I was about to say then. But there's the, they are interesting. Um, it's whether or not, it's whether or not you feel ready to do so. So they're the sorts of things you would want to be aware of, but hope you never have to confront. Yes. Does that make sense? If you want to find out how to stop them, then read about the Great Fire of London. <laughs> anyway, obviously our lovely patrons aren't going to be uh, getting attacked by the Furies. But they may wish to attach one of the Furies to a Tibetan singing bowl and then send that as a gift to the local yoga studio. That when the yoga instructor uh, rings and sings the bowl in the meditation when they're all calm, it calls in the Furies. How would one go about doing that, Chris? How does one go about attaching... I don't care about taking all three. Let's just go with one fury for now to a Tibetan singing bowl that is then used to summon said fury in a yoga studio. How does one do this? Super witch. I'm, I'm having... Tr you've, I think you finally found possibly one of the limits of my morals there. I'm, I d I'm not sure I'm comfortable to... Telling them can how we, to do can that. We get them halfway there. So, are you thinking some sort of magical contract? <laughs> are you thinking, you know, basically that you put a load of dogs behind the door, knowing that someone's going to eventually open that door? What are you talking about here? Give them a little something to go on. It's high-level blood magic. Ooh. Is the best way to actually keep these bitches happy. Is that the blood of you? Um, the practitioner or the blood of the victim and i am gonna say victim and not target because it will be victim <laughs> it is blood of the victim but it is a offering of blood so there isn't a there there isn't a nice way about it it is an off it is it is a contract set up for and which, blood magic. which one is the easiest to go for which fury Oh, anger. Ang anger is probably better. Anger is easier than uh, than jealousy uh, or vengeance in my in my experience, shall we say? So, what are the magic words that are supposed to be said when you're putting the victim's blood in a bowl <laughs> and setting fire to it? Is there special words? Do you subscribe to the no, words I'm, of power lark? I'm not or doing can that. Can you just, you know, make it up on the spot? You know me, I'm not normally the one to even give any credence to words <laughs> of power. But yes, I wouldn't I, I'm I'm not willing to push that far. That that boat needs to be left in the harbour. Um <laughs> Yes, there are many ways to do it, but it is a big, it's a big contract that I should advise all of you against, however much our lovely Liam is is uh, teasing you with the idea. So, 
I shouldn't have mentioned them, is what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, I shouldn't have mentioned them, but I knew I couldn't resist. So basically, you know our friend Yahweh, and you know like he's yes. a lazy shit, and that whenever anyone that works with him wants to ask for something, most of the time he can't be bothered and sends an angel to deal with it. Or on the rare occasion that he's up against something big and bad, he has a tendency to run away. Right? Would yes. Yahweh be able to fend off if Yahweh wanted to? One of the Furies, two, three, all of them? Where are we ranking this? So in terms of Yahweh and then in terms of other gods okay. goddesses that are famous in this world, what could defend you from the Furies, do you think? You would have to, you would have to be able to deal with Titan level magic. So you would have to be able to have the likes of you would yeah you would be dealing with either kind of Uranus or you would have to go and work with <laughs> um, yeah I'm I'm struggling there. Um, in a best way to put that, so, you would you would have so to be able. To, a, you're talking the power. <laughs> you're talking the power of an entire universe is what you're talking yeah, but about. We can use a, We can lose a universe. It doesn't have to be this one, does it? It could be one of the minor ones. Yeah. Minor ones. What about the Fey okay. realm? <laughs> They're a bit of a pain in the ass. We could just <laughs> use that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think no. that's a good idea. It's because there's too many old. That realm no. like a fucking calendar. It's got so many holes in it. It just seeps into this one all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, essentially, you you would have to be able to, yeah, harness the harness the energy of an entire universe in order to satisfy all three okay so this is a free aside rugby match the three furies are on one side you and two other deities are on the other side and you're you're playing to defend our realm from the furies what other two gods goddesses do you have on your team chris oh god what yahweh i'm <laughs> Definitely not Yahweh. Yahweh likes to see himself as the referee, doesn't he? <laughs> like, yeah, but Yahweh's one of those dodgy referees that's always been paid off. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Yahweh was one of those ones like you I... get in um, in uh, in uh, wrestling, like WWE and all of that, because it's like a you know it's all fake. But B, they turn and beat the referee up. <laughs> <laughs> Halfway through. Um, answer the question. Yes. Sorry, I'm I'm really struggling answer to answer the, that question. Well, Put it this way. Is it Aphrodite? It wouldn't be any of the Greek Aphrodite, plot. Aren't you? <laughs> Do you think she can seduce she has... enough? 
Hey, don't don't you limit don't you limit Aphrodite like that? Um, stripper magic is that enough? Oh, I don't know. No, it would it would have to be it would be have it would have to be dipping into my Egyptian. Okay, past. I was gonna say because past, I think a lot of the Greco Romans are a little bit too easy to manipulate. I mean, I can imagine Ares just being yeah. uh, ruled by anger, so you probably end up finding that yeah. that one's gonna be. Uh, too easily manipulated through a lot of these gods of war and that but yeah come on you've got two pl extra players you've got two players and then also for extra points chris who are you gonna have in the duck egg <laughs> shower are you gonna have you know there can be a when when your first two are devoured you're allowed another two that sit on the sidelines they'll come in no let us know in the comments who you would choose, listeners, <laughs> and we will see. We will award soft points to whoever comes up with some ones that are plausible that could possibly win. <laughs> but anyway, we've got about 10 minutes or so left, Chris, so what else do you want to continue with? We need to discuss the Morrigan, Yeah, the Morrigan. don't we? I heard the Morgans well tight with so, Lucifer. Is that correct? <laughs> <laughs> that's rude. Don't don't pick on people like that. That's mean. Um, the Mor the Morgans playing some interesting games at the moment with with more than one of our uh, <laughs> mentees. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's she a tricky one. didn't even require that much of a um, payment in order <laughs> Either. <laughs> she was more than willing to help out teach uh, people a, a thing or two. <laughs> uh, I just, Do I need to edit that bit out? Yes. We... <laughs> no, you can leave it in. The, um... There's... <laughs> yeah, okay. Morrigan... Tricky, tricky bitch. Um, she's over time gained more than she had to begin with, um, and she's managed to stay on top for a lot longer than she should have done through a series of contract and negotiations, so we say. So what you're saying, she's a little bit like Britain. Britain herself. Yes. <laughs> she's thinking, this empire thing is pretty yes. difficult to run. Uh, what can we do? Oh, I know. Let's just take over the finance side of things. Because who would want yes. to run and, uh, and uh, you know, run and rule a country when you can own it? <laughs> yes. That's probably the best way to describe her. Um, this, she's one of those that's multiplied out of influence rather than necessity. So do you think this is planned or do you think this is, she's doing what she can to get up in the world, quite literally, or she's doing what she can to just survive? I think a lot of it is survival. 
Um, the other part is, I don't know. I think she likes humanity too much. Likes them as in, as in like, finds them useful. Likes them as in, like, <laughs> genuinely likes to help. Yeah. <laughs> as in, she likes oh. collecting a little bit too much. Um, kind of in the same way Yahweh does. You know, that kind of is all about, count, you know, how many souls they've got as opposed the to quality. how useful <laughs> those. Yeah. So he's basically the sort which kind of he just wants the biggest Pokemon collection as opposed to the one with all the shinies. Yeah, got to collect them all rather than, you know, a specialist okay. collection. And don't get me wrong, I, I do love the Morrigan, but, you know, enough to go and, and name a potential branch. Aren't you building a Morrigan retreat slash cult? In it on the list? I saw yeah. it in the R&D department files folder. It is on the list. It is on the list. So what's the purpose of that? So, you know. To introduce people to the Morrigan or what? No, Morrigan's just there as the placehold. The nice part about Morrigan is is um, she's very willing. So once you've got her on side, you're kind of stuck with her. Like there's no... So loyal. She's a lot harder to piss off. Like yeah, family, she's a lot harder to get rid of. You can't really get rid of them. They'll yeah. always be family even if you don't talk to yeah. them. Exactly, exactly. Whereas other deities aren't like that, which is why I think she's a good patron for that. Um, whereas actually, um, yeah, the whole point of the retreat is is to do what we talk about when we are we're working with mentees and the patrons, where we are develop pushing you in new directions in order to make you grow and and understand where your weaknesses are and to eliminate those weaknesses so you have a balanced practice. The Morrigan retreat's about actually doing that in practical. So creating a space that allows you to be tested in a safe space. Okay. For our last five minutes, are we going to name any other triple goddesses? Or are we going to stick with branching out and talking a little bit more in detail about some of the ones we've already covered or do you just want to spend the rest of it making jokes and causing trouble <laughs> you can you can ask me ridiculous questions about any of the ones we've already mentioned okay so we got the morrigan yeah we got diana yeah. bridget the Carte. Yeah. 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 If there was a skirmish, you'd come out on top. <laughs> um, I'd probably say Hakate. She's a resilient little bitch. Okay. So, are Very you saying Hakate trumps the Morrigan? I'm not saying she trumps the Morrigan. I'm saying she could probably win in a fight. Is that because you're saying the Morrigan's just a one-trick pony? I'm not saying she's a one-trick pony. Don't put words in my mouth like that. I'm saying that she works. She works better at influencing. 
Hakati is tricky, and you know, Hakati is helpful in a in a bind. Right. So you if know? you want a slow burner and you want to take over the world, Morgan's your bitch. If you want to, <laughs> yeah, want to demolish something very quickly and take someone down, then Hakati is the one you want to go for. But but what about yeah, our Bridget and our Diana? I think we can probably agree that Diana would I'm, just be, she'd be like one of the extras that you get in all these action films that gets taken out in the first couple of seconds. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like a stormtrooper. Yeah. Diana has latched herself to the Wiccan brigade for a very yeah. good reason. <laughs> Because otherwise, no one else would be talking to her. Um, it's funny because it's true. <laughs> it's See, this this is one of those things where the where there's no connection between the Greek and the Roman. Like, if you were to go and deal with Artemis, that is a very different yeah. kettle of fish. But you talk to Diana, and you're kind of like, really, really, but Chris- you know. But Chris, Am I just being she rude? Was the people's princess. Oh, don't, don't. don't. Okay, so Bridget, Bridget's, Bridget's been taken out then. So how come Bridget? Because she's a strong, powerful goddess, and she does deal with completely destroying and melting shit down. So could she not melt them all down? <laughs> See, the reason I've kind of ruled out Bridget is because she's not really a true. Um, triple goddess so you're saying because there's three lots of the others that one could grab one arm one could grab the other and the other could just keep punching and bitch slapping is that what you're saying possibly she's a big unit possibly i don't know like three against one yeah you've got more chances of balancing it out okay but then you did also say that there aren't actually three goddesses that they're actually the same goddess that have been uh identified as three different kind of versions so why is this like mu and mu two or something <laughs> <laughs> what i'm saying is that they can enter those three spaces at the same time so you have the space you have the potential to actually have the consciousness in three bodies does that make okay. sense the one that controls the crossroads is able to kick yeah. things out or let things in. Is that what you're alluding to? Okay. Yes, essentially. So how does Bridget get, get smited then? Who is it to do it? Is it a cartoon? It's not Diane, obviously, because Diana's dead. No. Um, <laughs> it would definitely be her cartoon. I don't think... Bridget, you think she thinks, right, getting rid of this bitch first. Is it because the Morgan and, and Bridget yeah. are kind of neighbours and they live close together? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think I think the Morrigan would play the influencer game and try and set the other two off against each ah, other first. I see. So you're saying the Morgan um, the Morgan tricks Bridget into you know firing the first punch at Akate. But yeah. is the Morgan not just going to sneak yeah. up behind a cartoon and just, you know, slit her throat or something, call three of them? 
Although, to be fair, that Carte's got, yeah. like, wolf guard dog things, hasn't she? Yeah, but it's more a case of the the uh, triangle representation there. This is true. She got eyes in the back with of her, her head. With a Carte. And the side of her head as well. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Whereas the Morrigan is three okay. coming at you. Like, you know, they've got a blind spot. Well, we're out of time now, but let us know in the comments <laughs> who you would think would win the skirmish and come out on top. If a Diana, a Carte... <laughs> Bridget and the Morgan all decided to have a bar fight. Only one can win, only one can survive. Who will it be? <laughs> Let us know in the comments below. <laughs> oh, and goodbye everyone for another week. Say goodbye, Chris. Oh, bye.